Ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. It's Monday. Good morning. Wrong again. I am not a morning person. I hate mornings. Let's get to work. I hate Mondays. Oh, I hate Mondays. No, I'm not crazy about them either. I also don't like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. <laughs> it's time for... What is it? Showtime. Good morning. Welcome on in on this Monday morning. Thanks for joining us, DJ and PK. You may have noticed this is not DJ. Now he's taking a couple days off. This is PK. We got Riley Jensen coming in at the top of the hour to join us for the final three hours. No need for him to get up that early. We appreciate you getting up this early and turning us on. Thank you. You know, we're just a couple of months now from 22 years doing this show together. Can you believe it? Oh, still got a few more to go. Not ready to go out in the pasture just yet. And still, at least for me, and I think I can speak for DJ, having the time of our lives. This is a killer job. Talking sports with you. Really, really enjoy it. We got a lot to cover this morning for sure. We got basketball. Basketball coming out in spades. All sorts of basketball. But got to talk some soccer. Ours Hill. You know, I bought the season pass at Apple TV. I'm watching both these games. There you go, man. They won in... They're 0-1-1. They're in St. Louis on Saturday night. And Chicho, Chicho Arango, that's his nickname, Chicho. He goes by Christian. I guess he goes by Chicho, but his first name is Christian Arango. He scored, putting RSL up 1-0, thinking that they might have a 1-0. i got to remember these soccer terms, don't I? Thinking that they had a shot, but they gave up a goal later. I'm not a soccer expert by any stretch, but it looked like they made a bad play. Didn't take the right angle. So they get out of St. Louis with one point with the 1-1 draw. Not tie. Yeah, I'll learn. So we got some sound. want to hear from uh, Emeka Ely. Ineli, I should say. Emeka Ineli. Yeah. Hear what he has to say regarding that game. Hello, Emeka. Uh, congrats on um, the, the draw and a pretty solid performance from you, I think. Um your coach, Pablo, called it the best performance of your career so far. Uh, so what, what is your reaction to that statement? Um, Pretty excited with that, pretty happy with that. I think I would agree with it as well. You know, I think, think I think I've come a long way just from last year, you know, in my, in my play and my style of play and how comfortable I am. And so for Pablo to say that as well in this game, um, it just means a lot to me. And hopefully it's just something I can build on as the season continues. And then uh, what was it like in a game like this where, you know, it was scoreless for so long um, and then it ends in a draw as well. It just kind of felt like there were, there was, it was a defensive matchup for a lot of the time. Do you feel like you kind of thrive in those types of matchups though? Um, Yeah, I think, I think possibly. And I think, I think playing away and playing at, at place St. Louis as well, the way they try and play is really you know, kind of direct and, you know, you have to fight for second balls, you have to win duels. And if you can do that, then you can control the possession a little bit better. And I think we did that really well today. So I think um, the whole team, you know, as a whole, just winning second balls, winning duels allowed us to then gain the ball high up the field and kind of keep them pinned in, especially in that second half and then create some some good chances. And then lastly, a couple of milestones tonight. It was obviously the, the debut for Matt Crooks. Um, and he mentioned that he hadn't really trained much with you guys at all, but that he had the assist on Chicho's goal, which ended up being Chicho's 100th goal. So I'm just curious what kind of your thoughts are playing with those two players, Matt, obviously very recently, but a little more experience with Chicho. 
Yeah, no, I mean, just fantastic players. Obviously, I remember when Chicho first came in last summer. Uh, I think I got asked a similar question, what what it's like, and it was just been like a week or two, and like you know, already has loads of talent, but also the workload, the work ethic that he puts in is is amazing. So when you have a player of that that caliber also putting in the work ethic, I think it just raises the level of everyone around them. And then Crooksy, um, you trained with him a little bit in Portugal, only a couple sessions, only a couple sessions back in Salt Lake, but you could obviously see the talent he has, obviously coming from Middlesbrough as well. And he's a great player as well. And also just a great mentality. Um, I think very experienced as well. So which could help, which could help our group too. And um Obviously, saw his assist today. Loads of talent. He finds pockets of space really, really well. Even just for the short amount of time, um, I played with him, and I'm excited to see how how the rest of the season goes. Awesome. Anybody else from Mecca? Congratulations, Mecca. Is uh, I, I think is the uh, the the same opinion that that you you coach is is the the best game in in with Real Salt Lake. For you to tonight, especially I I I love the because it's, it's especially aggressive in 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 your play no in tonight especially aggressive in in not only to play to backs you know play in front with the in connecting with the other guys no yeah I think um, I think that's something that um, I've kind of tried to work a little bit this preseason I think I know. Nate especially has been pretty helpful with it, but I think he's told me a couple of times throughout the preseason to kind of, you know, use my dribble a little bit more to break some lines. And I think when I take sometimes if it's the right time to do it, to take a couple of extra touches to, you know, break that first line of pressure, then it it allows me to see other passes. You know, it allows other pockets of space to open up. So I think I I did that really well today. And I think just continually, you know, working on that body shape, checking my shoulder. And then know when I'm able to drive and take a couple of extra touches to to beat the first line of pressure to then play to our tens, play to our wingers, play straight to Chicho. Um, something that went well today and that I've definitely <clears throat> been working on in preseason and it's been always been on my mind in preseason and something that I want to continue to get better at throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Early tonight, you uh, gave me from the in the um, in the eleven uh, to start. All the game, man. Eh? You said what? Que probably, ¿cómo se dice Caleb? Que no me acuerdo en en inglés el titular, el ser el 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 once titular en el equipo que se lo ganó hoy, porque decía Pablo que iba a ser el el once titular, ¿no? Que va a estar de titular. A, a starter. A starter, yes. Um, yeah. For the rest of the season, maybe you're the starter. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's a long season, obviously, as you know. So I think just hopefully if I continually continue to put in the same work I did today, you know, put it in every single training session and then, um, you know, continue to work hard and just build off of this game, especially. Um, it's something that I would love to do, hopefully play as many games as I can. And uh, that that's my goal for this season. So definitely. Thank you. Okay, now we're going to hear from the newcomer, Matt Crooks, coming over. Boy, he really stands out. I mean, literally, not just figuratively. He's 6'4". Reminds me of Pau Gasol. You know, a lot of the soccer players in, the, in, in uh, MLS, they're just not that tall. They're under six feet. And Crooks is well over six feet. Compared to the other guys, he looks like he's 6'10". 
Uh, physical player can move too, not just a big lurpy guy. He can move. And I think he'll be a nice addition. Let's hear from Crooks in his first appearance for RSL. We don't have a translator, so we need to keep this to English for Mr. Crooks here, please. Lo siento. Go ahead, Caleb. Okay. Uh, hello, Matt. It's nice to meet you. Uh, congrats on making your debut tonight. Um, I understand that you got you got here from the States just a couple days ago. Um, so how, how's the adjustment been? I'm Lobo's my dog. You, you, you dog? Yeah. Oh, says that. Um, can put the top saying Lobo's airpods. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You can hear me? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was just, I was just uh, going to ask you about um, what it was like to get to the States just a couple days ago and already be playing uh, in your first match. Uh, yeah, I flew over um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and for my visa and stuff, I had to fly back. So um, I've been doing a lot of traveling. <clears throat> I landed in my, Miami, yeah, two days ago. So I feel like I've been living in airports and living on airplanes. Uh, I've done a lot of traveling, like I said, but I just wanted to get out there. Uh, I spoke to Gaffer before before the game today at lunch and we kind of agreed that there's no point um, wasting any time. The best way to kind of find my rhythm is to, to play football. So I was happy to get on when I did. Uh, and then I guess since since this is the first time we've talked to you, um, what was your initial reaction when the opportunity to come over here to to Real Salt Lake became real? Yeah, I was um, I'm, I was pretty pretty surprised to be fair because I was expecting to go in uh, maybe in the summer transfer window. Um, it was something that me and my agent spoke about for a long time. Um, but this came up and it felt like the right right time, the right thing to do. Um, I've always wanted to come over since I was 18, 19. Um, if I didn't sign professional in England, I was going to do like a college scholarship. That was kind of my plan. Um, so I've always wanted to come to the States and kind of try it. It's always been a, a dream of mine. And I'm fortunate enough that my family decided that they'd um, come with me as well. It's different when you're a young lad, 18, and can kind of do what you want. Um, I've got two kids to look after and a missus. So fortunate enough that they wanted to get on board and... Uh, we're all looking forward to, to what's going to be an exciting three years, I hope. Yeah, so now, now that you have had a, a couple of weeks here, I guess, uh, what's the experience been like so far getting integrated with the team? And what do you hope to to bring personally yourself uh, to this team? Yeah, it's been cool. It's been it's been difficult because um, obviously there's been a lot of traveling. I missed the Miami game. Uh, they came up from Portugal, so there wasn't a lot of training. So today is probably the most proper football I've played with the guys. Um but no, they're a good group, a uh, really good group. I think I need to improve my Spanish a little bit. <laughs> um, I want to try and integrate myself with all the guys as much as I can, uh, get to know them all. Um, but no, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's going to be interesting for me this season. Obviously, I'm not, I've, I've not really, I'm, well, I've not played any MLS games and don't know what the level or standards are like. So I'm excited. It's a, a new challenge for me. Uh, and obviously, a challenge for us as a team this season to, to go as far as we can. Awesome. Uh, I'll let anybody else if they want to jump in. Alex. Carlos. Alex. Yes. Uh, football is a international or global language, no? Uh, uh, Crocs, because uh, the goal yeah. is amazing. All the connection between 
the other guys. It's a it, it's amazing goal. Yeah, it was a nice goal. Good good team play. Uh, one touch passing. Um, I've seen already from 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 training and from the games that I've watched previously that the, the guys can play. Um, obviously, Diego got the chance to play with the national team, so that obviously proves that he's got um a lot of potential. He's still young, but um, I think if he applies himself in the right way, he can go a long way. Um, obviously, I think that was Chicho's hundredth goal today, which is some achievement. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got good players, and I think um tonight shows that we're capable of playing. Uh, good football. Mm -hmm. Easy for you to accomplish things for the the new uh, uh, team, uh, uh, the new soccer and the new uh, um, ambient and feel. All is new for you, no? It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything's new. Um, new teammates. I'm still trying to find out like what what runs they make, what kind of players they are, what they do, what they do, what they don't do. Um, but it's up to me to find that out and, and work with them and, and, and find out ways to win games. Um, but fortunately enough, my last club, we kind of played a similar a similar formation and I played in a similar sort of position. So um, that was that, that makes it maybe easier for me to transition into, into this new new team and new league. Thank you. Hi, Matt. Uh, Hi, Matt. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, I know next week it's going to be the the first your first home game. Uh, how excited you are to meet the fans? Yeah, of course, massive. Um, I'm looking forward to being part of of Salt Lake. It's uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to. New new home ground for me. Uh, I, I have been to the stadium. Uh, it's beautiful with the the mountains there. Um, but um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can make it a bit of a fortress this season and win plenty of games there. Yeah, the mountains are are really beautiful, as you said. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the connection in the goal. Uh, I need to tell you with the, between you and Luna and Chicho were really good. Uh, during the trainings, you try to play like those kind of plays, or today were just natural. Today was just that I've not. I don't think I've trained with Diego or Chicho yet. So that was kind of my first first time with the guys uh, playing. I've, I don't. I've tra I trained in California, but they were they were like on a on a region day. So um, yeah, that was my 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 first day with them, and it just just seemed to happen. I guess <laughs> Chicho was there, and I'm playing the ball, and he did the rest. Uh, wasn't there wasn't much for me to do. It was all old Chicho really. Hey, thank you and congratulations for your debut. Thank you. Anything else for Matt? For Tree, I should say. Crooksy. All right, we're good. And that was Crooks. And then, of course, we're going to hear from Pablo Mastrioni, the boss. Hear what he has to say as RSL opens the season with two tough road matches down in Miami and then over in St. Louis. Let's hear from the coach, the manager, as they say in soccer, Pablo Mastrioni. Um, I guess to start out, we can talk about that goal, uh, first goal of the season for you guys. And it seemed like the way it came about was kind of perfect. for if, if I understand the way you guys are trying to play, it kind of was executed almost to perfection with like those central passes um, and then obviously ending with Chicho. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really good play. Um, and and again, I think in that part of the field, we want our tents closer together. And I think both Luna and 
um, Crooksy were, were involved in the play. And, and one of the things that, you know, is really important with the setup is the weight of the pass and, 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 you know, the foot that he plays the pass to, I, I thought it was just all around perfect execution. And again, that's what it takes to score against a, a really, you know, staunch defense like uh St. Louis. Um, but, uh, and, and again, I think, Today, as just from overall picture, I think on both sides of the ball, we did a really good job controlling the majority of important moments. Um, and I, I think it's a very good performance to continue to build upon. Yeah, it's um, it's too bad you couldn't kind of uh, celebrate that goal for a little bit longer because, you know, five, min five minutes later, they counter and, and it's right back uh, tied. So I guess what kind of happened there? Was there was there a lapse uh, in like communication, the defense, and what did you kind of see from that counter? Yeah, you know, I, I think again, I, I think looking looking at it, you know, I have to go back to the film, but I, I think we could have dealt with the the you know Sam in, in the wide area a little bit better. Uh, you know, I think we gave up the inside channel, and he took advantage of it, and he's a powerful, pacey player, um, and got onto his left foot, which is you know this is something that you know we talked about and. And what he brings to the game, I, I just felt like we would we should have been able to contain um, instead of trying to win the ball, um, allow our defense to get back settled so that we had better numbers around the ball. Instead, we went for the ball, got beat, and everyone's recovering towards goal and, and had to at a quicker clip. So I think it's just the difference between trying to win the ball and trying to contain the player to allow your defense to get back will be critical in that in that play. Cool. I'll let somebody else if they want. hello uh go ahead uh carlos okay eh, pablo gran partido hoy del Real de completo de unos 90 minutos bueno fue claramente superior y, y yo destaco el control del juego y yo creo que es una de las cosas que tú batallabas en este inicio de, de, de temporada que decías que ya uno de tus objetivos y la verdad que hoy lo has conseguido absolutamente. Y, y la segunda parte, lo, la segunda pregunta es el, el error defensivo, el que costó el empate porque claramente mereció ganar hoy el, el, el equipo. Eh, las dos cosas, el doble error bajo mi punto de vista, no solamente el que se precipitó Vera al ir a, al choque con, con, con el delantero, sino que después le faltó cobertura por detrás, que es algo que sé que ustedes también han estado trabajando, ¿no? Sí, no, yo creo que del de tema del control del partido, yo creo que en el primer tiempo contra Miami jugamos con, con mucho, con, con, respetamos mucho el, 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 el equipo de Miami. En el segundo tiempo creo que salimos a, a buscar el juego y anduvimos bastante mejor. Yo creo que hoy día, eh, del inicio, eh, controlamos el partido de la manera que queríamos controlar. Eh, creamos varias opciones en frente de gol. Ahora la definición, las decisiones que tomamos en frente de gol, eso viene con un poco de tiempo. Um, pero la, de, de, de los errores, yo creo que hay, que, hay que hay momentos en el partido cuando no tiene el apoyo de los otros centrales o del medio campo donde hay que aguantar el jugador y, y comparar un poco de tiempo. Porque en ese momento... 
especialmente en transición, eh, eh, quieren ir rápido. Nosotros deberemos en ese momento aguantar un poco más, que, que el jugador juega para atrás, así no podemos ubicar en, en mejores posiciones para, para poder defender como un grupo. En esa jugada fuimos a ganar el balón y claro, el, el resto del grupo está corriendo para atrás, pero tengo que ver el video para saber cómo, cómo fue, cómo estamos posicionados atrás del balón uh, cuando lo perdimos. Y también yo creo que el pase donde, el momento donde perdimos el pase también es importante, porque si tenemos control y no hay mucha presión, tenemos, no, no podemos gastar la oportunidad de aguantar un poco más el balón y perderlo tan fácil. Y los dos son... Es, es, son, son las dos cosas. El debut de Crocs, de Crocs eh, espectacular, ¿no? Porque bueno, se conectó inmediatamente con el equipo, ¿no? Sí, no, yo creo que no sabía cómo iba a rendir hoy, solamente porque llegó de Inglaterra antes de, antes de ayer. Pero le, le hablé esta mañana, estaba listo, quería, quería entrar en el partido. Y yo creo que es muy importante de, con, con los dos 10 que tenemos que normalmente la de, tendencia es ir a buscar el balón siempre. Y con un jugador de experiencia sabe cuándo necesita tirarse para atrás para ayudar a construir. Pero lo más importante es que siempre pica el espacio por atrás porque ese es el, el juego que está jugando. Y yo creo que él lo hizo perfecto hoy día y claro, con, con más entrenamiento con el grupo y como, y como se va entendiendo con los compañeros, yo creo que es una posición y jugador clave para, para el grupo moviendo para adelante. Gracias. Go ahead, Isai. Hola, Pablo. Eh, oye, quería preguntarte un poco con respecto a, a Enelli jugando hoy de volante. Eh, la temporada pasada, de hecho, yo siempre había mencionado que era una tarea difícil para ti el saber si jugar con Hidalgo o con Enelli, porque son dos jugadores que en la, en la lateral derecha tienen mucho talento. ¿Pero crees que vas a seguir utilizando a Enelli de volante en los siguientes partidos? Mira, eh, le, le, le puse al, al Enelli en este partido más por, por el contrario. O sea porque en, 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 sabemos que el estilo que quieren jugar la habilidad de estar concentrado eh, para pelear para la segunda pelota en este partido porque dan pelotazo y, y rebota el balón y necesitamos jugadores muy enchufados en esa manera para aguantar un poco más el balón yo creo que para mí jugó el mejor partido en su carrera profesional en el Nelly manteniendo el balón moviendo el balón eh, robando el balón eh, concentración y ahora tenemos cuatro jugadores para, para esos dos espacios, o sea, esos dos puestos y, y para ser un, un gran equipo necesitamos competición y, y yo creo que para mí es, es una cosa donde siempre le da oportunidades a todos y el que está jugando de, de, en el mejor nivel debe ser el jugador que, que, que juega porque queremos ganar como un equipo y para mí, como dije, el Enelli jugó el mejor partido de su carrera En el tema de presión en cuanto al gol, eh, creo que lo había mencionado un poco en la pregunta en inglés eh, creo que el momento para que llegara el gol fue un poco desesperante para los jugadores, estaban buscando oportunidades buscando, llegó el gol ya un poco tardío, pero 
creo que se suelta una gran presión por parte del equipo al no haber anotado gol contra eh, Miami y en todo el primer tiempo contra San Luis. Sí, sí no, tenés razón. Yo creo que para el equipo y también el, el Chicho, porque el Chicho también, siempre cuando cambia la, la sistema, a veces hay, hay duda, especialmente enfrente del arco. Eh, y cuando mete el primer, el primer gol, ahora empieza la creencia del grupo va, va a seguir creciendo. Y ahora tenemos que tomar mejores decisiones porque llegamos varias veces, pero el último pase o la decisión en frente del arco no fue, en ese momento no fue la mejor opción. Así, eso viene con tiempo, pero lo que, que, que me da mucho orgullo es que los pibes siguieron peleando, luchando y al fin construyeron un muy lindo gol y ese, es, ese debe ser el estándar el donde queremos llegar como un equipo, que podemos uh, construir esos eso tipos de opciones en frente de gol y ahora con el Chicho, con el primer gol, me imagino que se siente muy bien y con mucha confianza y vamos a seguir para adelante. Bueno, ya la última, eh, la, la siguiente semana es contra el AFC, Uf, un rival muy complicado al igual que San Luis, creo que fueron las primeras tres pruebas más complicadas pero es el primer juego en casa. Ahora el equipo tiene que jugar bien en casa, cosa que no fue muy frecuente la temporada pasada. Sí, para mí es, eh, el, el, es, como, es como el año pasado fue dif, eh, es muy, eh, diferente. Tenemos jugadores diferentes, tenemos un, un sistema diferente de, de juego, eh, entrenadores diferentes, y tenemos que crear nuestra identidad este año, ¿no? Y yo creo que la semana que viene vamos a mirar el video de este partido, vamos a sacar las jugadas que hicimos muy bien y, y, y mencionar que este es el estándar que queremos jugar cuando no tenemos balón, cuando tenemos balón y tenemos que construir un, un, como un, un equipo nuevo este año y, y ojalá nos toca jugar bien en casa, pero más importante es sacar los resultados, especialmente en, en el primer partido en casa, porque me imagino que va a estar lleno en las canchas y queremos que la gente siga apoyando porque estamos ganando, pero también estamos jugando un buen estilo de fútbol. Gracias, Pablo. ¿Cómo no? All right, that was Pablo Mastroni. Coming up next, we are going to hear from the BYU Cougars as they had a difficult game on Saturday. Stay with us. We'll get to that next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Good morning. Welcome on in. Thank you for joining us. DJ and PK. DJ's off on PK. The Cougars went down to the Kansas State Ball Club. Yeah, Kansas State Wildcats went back there and lost by 10, 84-74 to fall to 7-7-7 seven and seven and seven in the Big 12, 19-8 and eight overall. Second Saturday in a row, they have gone on the road and lost. Teams are supposed to beat at least below them in the standings. Well, last week it was Oklahoma State, and 
Ironically, they lost by 10 at Oklahoma State. Then they came home last Tuesday and beat Baylor. Baylor, man, did you happen to see that game? Big 12 basketball is so entertaining. They lost at home in overtime to Houston, the Houston Cougars, uh, best de- best defensive team that I've seen in college basketball this year. Maybe got a shot at the Final Four. But anyway, BYU beat them, and then they go to Kansas State thinking that, hey, maybe they can get above 500 in conference. Now they were uh, after beating Baylor, but nope, they lost and fell right back. So now what do they got? Tomorrow night they've got the Kansas Jayhawks. That's going to be tough. Kansas Jayhawks demolishing uh, Texas. So we'll see what uh, what they can do. They got four games left. Trying to get that 20th victory. I don't think they need it to get into the tournament, but I think they will get it because at home on Saturday, they've got TCU. And then at home a week from Saturday on the 9th, they got Oklahoma State. As we know, BYU is a very much different team at home, like most college teams, particularly that team to the north, Utah. Utah got drilled over in Colorado on Saturday. They just don't win on the road. Got one win in conference on the road, and uh, they're very good at home. Utes are at home this week. We'll see what they can do. But let's hear from Spencer Johnson, who just had a baby, became a first-time father. They really they struggled from three, man. They were not good at fr- from three. Let's hear from Spencer Johnson. Yeah, that's something we really work on is, um, you know, we go to the offensive glass every time. Um, and like Coach said, it, it really helps to offset, offset when we're not hitting shots. So um, just go every time. That's Spencer Johnson. All right, Coach Mark Pope. And what he has to say following that loss, here's Coach Mark Pope. Tons of credit to Kansas State. They played a great game. They were really, really physical. Uh, they, they, you know, met, they contained the turnover issues uh, for the vast majority of the game until the last few minutes. They shot the ball extremely well. Uh, Arthur Kaluma was a pro, um, and so a lot of congratulations to them. It was super frustrating for us, uh, you know, um, but but a lot of credit goes to Kansas State. Take questions. Coach, that's the third time Arthur well, he's a really talented player. He's really, he was great getting the free throw line tonight. He shot the ball great from the three-point line. Uh, he's really physical and explosive. He can extend the play with Euro steps and extra steps. And, um, he's a terrific player. You guys stayed in the game by crashing the board, 19 to 6 advantage on the offensive glass. Is that typical for you? Is that what you set out to do? Yeah, it's a major point of emphasis for us all year long. Um, and, um, you know, it helps us when we don't shoot the ball well. We, we offensive rebound really well, but that's the, the double-edged sword for us. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Um, you know, uh, we, we did not shoot the ball well tonight. Yeah, that's never a defining feature for us, winning or losing. Like I said, it's, it's you know, we offset that with the 19 offensive rebounds. Um, and so I was I was really pleased with our guys' effort. Um, um, you know, something this one of those nights in the Big 12 that's hard. How do you spend your time now between here and the next year? We'll, we'll fly home. We're going to see uh, Joey Johnson. Um, the whole team gets to go. And um, and then we'll jump on a plane Monday and get to Kansas. What was the decision to close up the first half to 
Well, I just was um, I was more, most worried about Jackson's fouls. So Jackson had two, and I was I was feeling really blessed to get him that far with just two, and so I thought I could save him on that last possession. I, well, and that's why he's complicated because he's got a lot of parts of his game that are most dangerous. He's a really, really talented veteran player playing at a, a really high level, and um, and so he's a three-level scorer, uh, and he's he's he's, he's tr- tremendous at earning himself possession of the free throw line, um, and uh, you know he made shots tonight, um, and so he's uh, he's a really challenging cover for everybody. All right, there you go. Coming up next, we got to get to the Jazz, right? Don't we? The Jazz. Yeah. Finally break that streak. Stay with us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Good morning. Welcome on in. Thanks for joining DJ and PK. Well, what do you know? The Jazz, the five-game losing streak is over. Over. They won. Now, it was against the lowly and the horrendous, the crappy, the miserable San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs, they who are 11-47. and Can you imagine that? 11 and 47. The Jazz had lost five straight. The trades that they made really put the team into a funk. Well, the best thing for getting out of a funk is to play the Spurs. And that's exactly what happened. Jazz jump out to a 32 to 18 lead in the first quarter, then outscore the Spurs by 10 in the second quarter. You do the math. All right, that's 14, 24 point lead at halftime. And it was over. They win 128 to 109. As usual, we'll let you get into the locker room, set it up with our guy, Jake Scott. Jake Scott, take it away. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz five-game losing streak comes to an end. They beat the Spurs last night at Delta Center, 128 to one, uh, 109, behind 26 points from Lowry Marketing. He also grabbed seven boards, four assists, a couple of double-doubles uh, last night. Colin Sexton with 16 points and 10 assists. Jordan Clarkson with 22 points and 10 assists coming in off the bench. John Collins also had a nice night with 20 points and eight rebounds. Let's get to the postgame sound and hear from Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Um, good win for our group. I thought defensively... Um, we held them to 48 points in the paint, which is going to continue to be an emphasis for us. I thought our activity kind of behind the initial part of our defense was um, really good. You know, forcing 20 turnovers allowed us to get out and run, get some easy baskets in transition. It's something that we're trying to focus on as a team is being a little bit better of getting out in transition, um, not play so much half-court basketball. Uh, you know, turnovers in the second half hurt us a little bit. Um, in particular, start of the third quarter was sloppy. Um, but I think overall, you know, the team did a good job of moving the ball to have 35 assists. Um, and it was nice to have a night where we, you know, made a few threes. But I think overall, the team understood how we wanted to play tonight um, and executed fairly well. When you talk about the 48 points in the paint, 
obviously like against a team with a seven foot four victor like that mm -hmm. feels like even more important. How mm -hmm. are you guys able to keep him from kind of running away? Yeah, I think, you know, Taylor guarded Victor for the majority of the game. Um, we felt like his kind of mixture of having enough size, you know, no one has enough size to guard uh, Victor, but I think, you know, Taylor did a good job of using his speed um, and his length, tried to climb up underneath him a little bit and speed him up some. Um, you know, ends up fouling out with two tough plays, you know, where he has two hands in, in his back on the, the entry pass, but um, I thought overall Taylor did a good job initially at the point of attack of not getting just blown by. It allowed his teammates to help him. Um, you know, we wanted to show heavy shifts to Wembenyama when he was in the post and in his isolations. Um, and so I thought Taylor did a good job at the point of attack and everybody else helped behind him. Victor had three blocks early in the first quarter, but then just two the rest of the game. What did you guys do offensively to kind of adjust to his presence in the post and, and kind of shut him down from denying him the paint? Yeah, I mean, they had... They ended up with 11 block shots. That's seven of them in the first five minutes of the game, I think, six minutes of the game. Um, we did a poor job with our rim reads early in the game. It was a huge focus for us offensively was that he was going to come to help as much as possible. Um, you know, obviously, we tried to match his minutes with John a lot tonight. We felt like John's spacing, John's ability to pick and pop would put Wimbanyama in some situations where he was going to have to make some choices. Um, because he's such an elite rim protector, we needed to try to put him in space as much as possible. It doesn't mean that he's not going to come help at times, but it's easier to see the help coming when it starts on the perimeter and has to make a long way to the basket. I think when you, you know, if he were to guard somebody like Walker for a long period of time where Walker's in and around the basket a little bit more, those rotations are short and his length can sort of shock you a little bit. Um, so I thought the team did a good job of adjusting to some spacing elements that we wanted to have versus Victor. Um, and then I think John did a really good job of recognizing when he was the screener with Victor guarding and they needed to pop more than roll. With uh, your ability to force turnovers, how much is that? You, you guys, when you help, how much do you want to force turnovers versus kind of get the ball out of somebody's hands and then rotate back on it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> We did a good job tonight of not letting the ball handler throw darts out of pick and roll. Um, we're trying to give the weak side of the defense a little bit more license right now to be aggressive. Um, it's not a trapping defense. It's we're just trying to show a little bit more help on the ball, um, a little bit higher up the floor than we have uh, for the majority of the season. Um, and so I thought, you know, in the first half, we saw a couple of possessions where we did a good enough job of putting pressure on the ball handler that like Chris Dunn was able to use his instincts and get a few steals. Um, so it's, it's not as much like we're telling the team, hey, we're trying to force more turnovers as much as we're just trying to give them license to be more aggressive in those helping situations. Um, we don't want to turn the game into we're shooting the gap, trying to steal every pass. I think then it becomes an all or nothing situation. But, um, you know, our perimeter defenders, they do have speed. Um, you know, Colin, even in the second half, like you saw him get his hand on a few balls because he's such a good athlete when he's in that shift position. So um, 
you know, he and Chris do it differently, but um, they both had some success with it tonight. So you talk about Taylor's defense on Wemby, but offensively, he obviously had a better game throughout, probably the best game he's had so far this year. Was he doing anything differently that contributed to that from your perspective? No, I thought, um, you know, he's doing a good job of recognizing the spacing that he needs to play with. A lot of times he ends up being somebody that's spring down the floor to fill the corner. Um, and then I thought he had some moments where he did a good job reading closeouts, um, like the baseline drive dunk he got in front of our bench, I thought was, you know, a sign of him and all the work he's put in on making quick decisions with the ball. Um, so he's he's getting a little bit more confidence as well, which is natural. Um, you know, it's been a couple of games now that he's been a starter, and I would expect him to be more comfortable tonight than he was last game. And I would hope that by the end of this road trip, he's a little more comfortable than he is tonight. Were you pleased with the composure that the team showed in the fourth quarter when San Antonio did make a run, but they cut it to nine, and then you guys had six straight possessions on offense where you got a basket, and that kind of put things back out of reach? Yeah, I mean, some of it's shot making. Um, I thought the team, you know, in the timeout, like nobody was panicked. They were very focused on the task at hand. But, um, you know, in those moments, we were able to hit a couple of threes in a row, which I think helped everybody settle down because the lead then goes from, you know, nine to 15 pretty quick. And that eases the tension. And I think it allowed us to, to have a little bit of poise. But um, I thought their approach, like when we were down nine and we were in that timeout, they were all in a good headspace about what we needed to do coming out of the timeout. Um, you know, it was a fortunate time to make a few shots in a row. That's Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Let's now move on to the players and hear from Walker Kessler. Uh, okay, Victor Wimbanyana. What's, what's, what's the report on him? Yeah, you know, he's a very talented player. Um, you know, extremely talented, obviously. You know, seven four with whatever his wingspan is. Um, that was tough. He's a tough matchup. Does he just cover so much ground out there that you don't really know how to explain it until you see it in person? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you know, until you play against the kid, don't really know. How do you guys feel like he did? I mean, we won. Yeah, so. right. How does a guy with that much kind of sheer length kind of change the geometry of what you guys are trying to do out there? Yeah, you know, he clogs up the lane. Um, so we just had to learn how to, you know, engage him, kick out in the corners. Um, in the beginning, we weren't really doing that, but you know, we adjusted and won the game. All good. Thanks, Walker. Thanks, Walker. There is Walker Kessler. Let's now finish things up with Jazz rookie Taylor Hendricks. Um, to lock him down. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do anything to help the team win, so, you know, they want me to guard, you know, one of their best players, so that's what. Is the, I mean, are you trying, I mean, there's so much, you're not going to be 75, right? Right. So, like, are you trying to get into his body more? How far are you trying to keep him out, like, away from the rim? What What are the, I guess, principles there? Uh, pretty much what I was trying to do is just exactly, like, keep him away from the rim because, you know, when he gets in the paint, like, you know, you're 7'5", so it's a little easier. So just trying to push all his catches out and force him into jumpers. Like, obviously, you've heard so much hype around this guy and, like, that he's coming to the league. Does it feel different? Is it more exciting to play in these type of games? Uh, not really. Uh, I feel like, you know, every game I go into, like, I'm pr pretty, like, the same amount of excited, which is pretty excited. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Did you, do you know him at all, like, during the pre-draft workouts? or? Pre uh, not really. Um, you know, you see a lot of stuff online. You know, he's a great player, so. Is there anything that 
Will was telling you guys, after, I mean, the first like six or seven minutes, like Victor kind of like was swallowing you guys up a bit. Mm -hmm. And was there anything in huddles or was it at halftime that you guys like changed? How did you guys break away from that a little bit? Um, I mean, I, I didn't really see it as it was like swallowing us um, during the beginning. Um, you know, he was just getting like, I guess, like a couple layups at the rim. So, you know, just continuing continuously uh, hammering the same defensive stuff we was talking about and shooting around. Are you, were you more comfortable tonight than you were in your first start? Yeah, for sure. For sure. How, you know, how so? Uh, just playing with the guys more, you know, the more you play with uh, a group of guys, you know, the more chemistry you build, the more practices and, um, you know, that that's just what comes with it. Does a win help? Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> going on the road, um, Definitely feels good to get a win, for sure. Are you happy to be uh, heading home? Yeah, it's going to be nice. You know, I'm going to have some family come out and watch a game, so it'll be nice. Is, is everyone going to be able to be there, like brother, mom, everyone? Yeah, both my brothers and yeah. my mom, yep. Great. Cool, you guys good? Thanks, Taylor. Thanks. Thank you, guys. And that is Taylor Hendricks. The Jazz win. They beat the Spurs 128-109. to Next up, the Jazz head out on the road. They'll take on Quinn Snyder and the Atlanta Hawks coming up tomorrow night. That game will tip off at 5.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 4.30. Coming up next, more DJ and PK, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. There you go. That was the Jazz postgame. And the Jazz with the easy win. Now they travel. They're off to Atlanta. They're on a road trip. Atlanta losing their star point guard, Trey Young. But what did that mean? It didn't mean a whole lot as far as the, uh, the Hawks being able to win because the Hawks, without Trey Young, beat the Magic at home last night. We'll see if they can continue that. I think it's an opportunity for the Jazz to get a victory for sure. I just don't know they're going to get in a playing game. And it looked like the Hawks were one of the teams that they'd be fighting with to be able to keep the pick at uh, with if it's top 10 protected. Well, the Hawks look like they're going to really go in the toilet. You would think, anyway, without Trey Young. Stranger things have happened, not that he's unbeatable and all that. So that was the Jazz. All right, coming up next, stay with us. We'll get the 7 o'clock hour underway. Riley Jensen is going to join us, and we'll get you caught up on what's trending. Stay with us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.